Hi, everybody. Today is August 28, 2020. I am on the line with Dr. Joel. He is a great locum tenens partner to our organization. Our marketing team has kicked off a little bit of an initiative to have some engaging conversations and one-on-one -on -one interviews with doctors. And Dr. Joel happens to be the first one to step up. Um, he is actually headed off to an assignment with our agency on Sunday. And Dr. Joel, thank you for coming in to talk with us today. How are you coping in the COVID-19 environment, traveling as a working doctor to head off to assignments? Um, well, first, it's nice to be with you. It's nice to see you. Um, and yeah, I'm having a great day. I hope you are too. Um, so, I, you know, it's, um, it, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, I, I have been super careful um, when I travel, um, the airports sometimes are crowded, the planes sometimes are crowded. Um, so what I've been doing is double masking. I've got an N95 and I've got a cloth mask and I actually wear them both. And then I have a bottle, bottle of Purell with me on the plane and, you know, wipe, wipe my hands with Purell and diaper wipes and so forth. And, uh, you know, just, and when I get to my destination, if I'm back in Austin, I try to be super careful about going out, um, curbside groceries, um, don't eat out. Um, so yeah, I've been staying pretty careful. And I also sometimes get COVID tested here at home. So That's I've had awesome. two of the nasal swabs up the nose, which aren't fun, but, uh, you know, do what you have to do. So basically you're taking steps to prioritize both the health of your patients and yourself, which is awesome. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Tell us yeah, a little bit you. about how you actually got started in locums. Yeah, good question. So, um, I was in permanent practice, um, here in Austin up until 2014. And I, made the decision to jump out to really just do medical mission work overseas. I work with a couple of different nonprofits. And uh, so what I was finding was it was great work and very fulfilling and I enjoyed it, but I really wasn't doing enough of it to keep me busy. And so I wanted to uh, do some work in the States. Unfortunately, there was a gap between the time that I left my practice and the desire to come back and work in the States. And, uh, so I have to give a tip of the hat um, to you, Kelly, for helping me get back into practice in the States. Oh. Um, what, I, what I did first is that um, because subspecialty jobs in pediatric cardiology are kind of few and far between, what I did was get recertified in pediatrics, which I hadn't done for 20 plus years. It's not required once you're a subspecialist. You stay exactly. born in your subspecialty. So that's amazing. Right. Right. But I've made the decision to try to get back into pediatrics first. So I got recertified in pediatrics and um, and I was wondering how that would work out. And it was great. I really enjoyed being a pediatrician. But, uh, you know, again, tip of the hat to you for getting me back into peds cardiology. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to do medical mission work overseas, but this will allow me to do both work in the States as a peds cardiologist, pediatrician and, and work overseas as Amazing. a pediatric cardiologist. It is amazing how strict our healthcare system is where you can be actually double boarded and still have a hard time getting work just because you've been doing the exact same work, not in the United States. Exactly. So um, yeah. with your gap, you mentioned the gap, you were doing those medical mission trips for probably at least six or seven years. Right. Do you have, tell, I mean, the world could use some good news right now. Why don't you tell us a good story from the work that you've done? We always have one or two really great stories. One that sticks in my mind is that we were in Peru and um, there, there was a five-year-old boy that walked in. He looked like he was about a one-year-old boy. He was tiny. Wow. He was born with a, a, a really common type of cyanotic heart disease called transposition of the great vessels. And really he had, there was no excuse why he was even alive. We had no idea why this baby was was even alive at age five. He was blue as can be. He was tiny. 
Um, in the States, he would have been operated on in the first couple of weeks, the first couple of months of life. Oh. And um, so we, we took him to the catheterization laboratory. I, I act as an interventional cardiologist, Pete's cardiologist when I'm overseas. So we did what's called a, um, a balloon septostomy and then a stenting of his atrial septum, which allowed him to become more, much more pink. Does he know what's going on at the time? Not really. No, not really. He, he could barely walk. He was, oh. you know, he, he was really in dire straits and we were all shocked that he was still living. But we were able to open up his atrial septum with a stent, made him a lot pinker. Um, we waited six months for his heart function to improve. And then we did a corrective operation. So, I mean, wow. as far as rescuing somebody who really never should have been here in the first place, that was really very fulfilling. And that's amazing. It, it, yeah, it made it all the worthwhile that, you know, what I do um, as far as going overseas, it, it was really a great payoff. I'm sure the family, I mean, good Lord, they probably didn't even know it was possible. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was a great experience. That's awesome. So you're actually triple boarded because you also have the boards in adult congenital heart disease. So right. you're board certified peds because you went back to redo that after you were right. already board certified cardiology and adult congenital. I'm just curious right. on this. If you have the adult piece, do you actually see a patient, you know, as a pediatric patient and then go all the way with that same patient through adulthood? With that. You can, you can. There are um, so to do that, you have to be both a pediatric cardiologist and adult congenital heart disease specialist. Um, so there's not that many of us. There's not that many double boarded or triple boarded um, practitioners in the states. I would say most of the practitioners these days go through their internal medicine boards and then and then adult cardiology and then they become adult congenital heart disease specialists. Right. But I think that it's a huge benefit for people that that are bordered in both peds, cardiology, and adult, is that you can do just what you said. You can follow them up from birth all the way up to the, you know, to their whatever, 60s, 70s, 80s, That's which amazing. is great. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so I will kind of wrap this up with one more question. I will give you a hard time here. It was your ex-father-in-law that actually referred you to our organization. He was an awesome man. He worked with our company for probably 10 to 15 years, was one of my first placements. I remember when he yeah. called me about you. Um, so it took us a little while to get it going. Like you mentioned that you did have to start on the PEED side, but two and a half years later, here we are Sunday, you are going out on your first with our agency, pediatric cardiology assignment. Um, and my final question would probably be aside from having you to please thank your father-in-law, um, for me and tell him hello. My hello. final question would probably be if you could share a final piece of advice to another doctor that's considering locums, what do you feel that advice would be? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was um, never give up um, and find a recruiter like you, uh, who, you know, again, you, I think you're terrific, Kelly. I mean, I really give you all the credit for getting me back into work in the States. Um, Just for the record, it helps to have triple board certified doctors, to, <laughs> you know, sell. Well, but <laughs> You're sweet. But, you know, for me, uh, you know, I think my situation was a bit unique because I was away from medicine in the States for you know, a good amount of time. And it's difficult to get back in. And so my best advice to people that want to get back into medicine that have had any kind of a gap like I did is just never give up. Um, and I'm happy to help people that are in the same situation that I'm in. But, you know, basically, you know, I had a mentor when I was in practice in Charlotte who said, you know, if you really want something, bite down like a bulldog and just never, never give up. And, and that's kind of what I've done. I think you just referenced the Bulldogs as a dig as a University of Georgia grad to a Tennessee grad. 
<laughs> That's right. Go dogs. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Joel. I will wrap this up. My marketing team hopefully will be thrilled. We really appreciate you and knock them dead this weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate all, all you've done for me. All right. Bye. Take care.